The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh, give him Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Watch the bombs. Or maybe I need to change that song. Maybe, give maybe him Diami yeah. Brown Brown. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers on Jeopardy. Oh, okay, that's right. I'm embarrassed, and that doesn't happen easily. <laughs> let me just tell you. But that was one of the worst openings ever, I got to say. I don't know. I hate hearing myself say But hate it. You did give Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver in your mock draft. I did. I yeah. did. It wasn't my man, Deami Brown, but it was somebody at least, uh, yeah, you know, again, feel like there's a little need there. Yeah. I don't know if Deami Brown would be the specific type of receiver they would look for. That's why I went Kadarius Tony. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, mock draft time, baby. Here we go. We're a one day away from the draft. It's coming up. There's so many questions. It's going to be, I think – you know, I don't know if I want to say crazy, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't know if it's going to be a ton of trades. I think we could see a lot of action in that top 10. But then after that, what does happen? I mean, it's just intriguing to with all the storylines that you know. I mean, the COVID-19s, some of the best players in the draft of the injuries, all of that. Are these teams going to trade up for some of these guys who do have, you know, or are opt-out guys or have injury questions like – all these things. Everybody's looking to trade down. Everybody wants to stockpile picks for yeah. 2020, 2022. But the big thing with this draft is it's it's limited in the amount of elite players that are in it. So who's everybody trading up for to trade down with? You know, that's that's where I get into it, and I think that's going to be fun to watch on Thursday night. Buried the lead, man, or at least for me. It's, it's good to see you. Hey, it's good to see it's, you, it's, too. It's been a couple weeks. I had to live without this sort of thing. Well, for, yes. Yeah. For, at least 10 days. I think it's closer to two weeks. So. All right. You okay? You have a withdrawal a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. What I a was, nice friend. I was walking up to the building, you know, just had a smile attached to my face. <laughs> so it's good to see. It's good to be back. And I also am very excited the draft is coming up on Thursday night. We have your mock drafts. I know you did it Monday, yeah. but of course there are lingering questions. Oh, of course. There are some follow-ups, yes. some places yes. to go. Right. And I like that we're going to get into some Robin Hood picks for you. Is that Definitely. correct? Yeah, get to you – know, Some sleepers? Just, yeah, sleepers or just guys that, listen, you've heard me talk about that I just don't think are getting enough – you know, notoriety or there's not enough conversation. We spend around. so much time with the with the high picks. It's we beat it's like their household names by now, all of them, I one know. through thirty two. So I uh, whether that was your idea or Pete's, I like that we're getting into some guys that are gonna be steals in the later rounds. Yeah, cool. And a new way to treat quarterbacks too, right? Yeah. We're ranking one through six on a number of ways, not just overall, but arm strength, what Mechanics. else do we have in here? Mobility, athleticism. athleticism. Right, right. Yeah. We're going to go through it. I'll kind of rank them a little bit. We'll have a conversation. You know, maybe maybe if you hear how guys are ranked, it'll make you think a little bit differently about the guy in general, too. I think that's, you know, part of the process. And listen, I think there's teams that do these type of exercises to, to figure it out as far as like, oh, we have guy, two guys that are really close. 
you know, let's let's start to you know make a list of what makes one guy better and the other guy less, or who checks all the boxes and who's missing one box. I mean, that's a, that's a real thing. We have some ask me anything. Yeah, find some good questions good. and some interviews, or at least one interview. Trey Lance is going to be a part of the show. Trey Lance, we're going to, I'm well going to get done. to talk to him later today. I'm really excited about that. I mean, the one thing again, I know I'm a little more down the, on the player as Trey Lance. Like I understand that. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't root for the guy or the person going forward. That's the thing that I think gets lost here, and I hate this aspect of the draft talk and all of that. Lance, like, resa- like just that's overly what I hear. What an awesome guy he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's such a cool guy. He's, he is the kind of guy you want to be the quarterback of your team and your organization and everything about that. Has a great way with players, all that. I constantly hear that. I've heard a few snippets of a few interviews here and there, and he seems like that. So yeah. I am looking forward to talking to him. What do you think, just off the top of your head, the chances that he goes at three? Um, I haven't changed my thought with that. I know at number you think three. that it's I know. Mac, yeah. But, but um, do I think there was some legitimate debate in that organization between Trey Lance and Mac Jones, yeah, I think that's probably real. Mm-hmm. Do I think that Kyle Shanahan probably always favored Mac Jones in my heart of hearts? Yes, I do. You know, where I think people are a little too is like, well, you know, you trade up because you know you have one guy in mind. Well, uh, okay, yes, but it doesn't have to be like 100% that guy. That's the one thing I hear. Oh, there's you know, ooh, it's a little indecisive. Maybe they don't really know who they want. Why would you make that trade up to number three if you don't know who you want? Well, well, there's nothing wrong with being like 70, 30 mm-hmm. and being like, wow, I really like this guy. I don't know if he's going to be there when we pick. We should, tra- we should trade up. And then you get to the other guy, you're evaluated, and you go, man, I like this guy too. Mm. I don't like him as much as the other guy, but I like him. He's worthy of trading up and picking in that spot too. You know, I like that first guy more, but this second guy is intriguing. Let me think about him a little bit and maybe what my offense could be with him and all that. What's wrong with having that conversation? Right. In fact, I think that's what a smart person should do. Yeah. So then, okay, let's do our due diligence, the pro days, the second pro day. Get to know the guys a little bit more. Let me dive deeper into the film from years past and everything like that. Oh, okay, all right. Hey, the guy I did like 70-30 from the start, it, it's, it's 99.9 right. now. And Could that's very it. well have been right. at the time of the trade. They're like, they were far enough along that we know we like one of, the, one of these three guys is going to yes. be worth that third pick. Right. We don't know which one. Right. In six weeks, we're going to know a little more. But our initial findings are, this is a hell of a trio right here. One of them's going to be our guy, and there's no way they're going to be around at our pick right now. I, exactly. I, I, I believe them at face value when they say we liked all five quarterbacks. Right. So they knew that two were off the board. And as we said back at the time, Shanahan took fate into his own hands and said, okay, well, then I'm going to get the next best one right. that I think is the next best one mm-hmm. and not have to worry about, oh, I hope this guy falls to me and all of those type of things. And he said that in a press conference Monday. You know, and which also made me like context clues made me lead to believe there was one guy that they've like got a star next to. Right. Because he made a comment basically saying like, you know, we could have sit there at 12 and maybe the guy we wanted wasn't Mm -hmm. there. Right. Right. So that makes me believe that there was one guy. And that's where, you know, uh, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that thought of going. We're going in this spot. We like everybody. I got one guy that's in the leader house. But the other two guys are interesting, and I'm not going to stop doing my homework on them. 
and, and see where it goes. So I, I don't think that's that crazy of a thought. As long as we're thinking quarterbacks, quarterbacks. in the first round and Chris's mock draft, Pete, let's, uh, let's show his 1 through 32. There we go. And as I was looking at it, of course, my eyes went right down to number 32, Justin Fields, going to the Buccaneers. I'm sure you put a lot of thought into that before Monday. I'm sure you've had a number of people react to you uh, in the last couple of days. So two days later, as a follow-up, how do you feel about having Fields there as a last pick of the first round? It was a tough, it was a tough thing. Again, this is, again, this is what pisses me off of with all this stuff. And, like, you know, even, like, you know, Joe Thomas was attacking me on social media last night, apparently, as I was getting ready to go to bed. I have a life, so I stopped watching or paying attention. <laughs> but, like, like, you know, to say it's clickbait and stuff like that, like, that, that's just bullcrap. That's one thing it's not. It's yeah, just bullcrap, and, and that's where I, I get pissed off. Like, I didn't, I didn't go into this exercise finalizing it or starting it and went, okay. I wrote Justin Fields at the top of the paper, and I wrote pick 32. Mm-hmm. Right. And okay, let me fill it all in to make sure I got him at 32. That's not how I work. That's not how I operate. You know, I did it with, yes, I'm being a little true to my own rankings and my thoughts. Um, Also, I took into account rumors and things I've heard into the NFL. I took all of this into account. And as I went through it, yeah, I'm one of those that just went, hmm, I don't know if Detroit will take a quarterback Mm -hmm. at seven. Hmm. I don't know about Denver either. So it's a year where, you know, there's not a lot of premium players. And those two teams, they have holes. Are they going to pass up those premium players for a down-the-line quarterback? I don't know. So I said no. I had Washington trading to get Trey Lance. To get Lance, yeah. The Chicago Bears are a tough one. I don't think it's that crazy to have the Chicago Bears passing up a quarterback. You know, we all know that. Those, those two, Nagy and Pace, are kind of on the hot seat. So are they going to waste that quarterback that's semi, like we're not sure if he can play and help us out this year? And if Rashawn Slater is there at 20. They I mean, might like that anyways. Makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. so that's I went through this going, okay, and I kept him in mind for every team that had a quarterback needy pick. Which one almost got him? Well, I, I mean, Anybody? the Bears is the one that I thought, like, okay, maybe this really could be. But yeah. I went on – I erred on – I don't think they're going to get the green light to get a quarterback. What? Mm. What? This is what I've argued from the start. So what? They can get fired, and now right. the next regime can get pinned with a quarterback that maybe they didn't want, just like Matt Nagy got with Mitchell Trubisky. So we're going to repeat history here maybe. That's where I don't know if ownership or the people in charge there are going to sign off on taking that quarterback at right. 20. Right. That was just my thought. All right? So I got to that. I got to pick 24, Pittsburgh. the Steelers. Yeah. I know. I got it. But I, I'm erring on Pittsburgh's going all in on one more year with Big Ben. They're not going to waste a pick. That's what I did. Now, you know, now you get into the last few picks. And, yeah, I thought about trades and things like that, and that's certainly a possibility. I don't know. Would Atlanta come up at the end of the first round? There's nobody in the 20s that makes sense. Nobody. I'm looking so at, that's what I mean. It's all second-round people. It would be is Detroit or Denver or Atlanta, the teams I had pass up at the top 10. Yeah. Are they going to trade up? To do that. Maybe New Orleans? And maybe that could be, you know. And what I came to with a lot of these log- a lot of this logic and some of these things, I just went like, wait, this team like really needs an impact player at this position. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I would feel good trading right. right now in a draft where we know there's not a lot of high-end players. 
So that's where I did it. And that's where I, so it wasn't preconceived. I kind of went through all teams. I understand there's likely that there could be, if Fields is on the board after 24, that there could be a trade or anything like that. But I kind of just stayed with like, wait, no, I think this team needs this. This team Mm -hmm. needs that. And I went that way. It's a mock draft. It's my mock draft. So screw off. That's what I got to say to you about that. So next question on quarterbacks. I know you like Kellen Mond better. I I want to say one last thing to button that up. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. But, like, if you told Lamar Jackson was going to be picked at 32 at the start of that draft, everybody would have been like, you're fucking insane. Right. The world's on fire. You're not. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the 24th pick of the draft. You go back to then. People would go, what? That's insane. There's no way. I mean, we talked about on PFT today, mm-hmm. the draft with Johnny Manziel, I mean, ESPN came on TV and John Gruden was pick number one, Johnny Manziel. Pick mm-hmm. number two, Johnny Manziel. Pick number three, Johnny Manziel. I mean, the whole world was like, we're out of the top ten and Johnny Manziel hasn't been picked. Yeah, yeah okay, because people watched the film and said it's not worthy of a top ten pick. Right. But, you know, again, I don't know. So that, that's where it is. But I, I, hate, I hate that aspect of it. Did, did you consider having Kellen Mond go in the first round? Because I know you, you, you like him better than I you do. like Fields. I like him a lot. I didn't really realistically know because I, I tried to be a little bit true to form to what I know in the world of football right now, and it doesn't sound like Kellen Mond's going to go in the first mm-hmm. round. So, yeah, really, I tried to pick what I thought, you know, was best for that team mm-hmm. within reason with some of it like of what I've heard, Yeah. right? Yeah, I don't love J.C. Horn to the Eagle. I don't love J.C. Horn. You know that. Yeah. But it makes sense, and I know that I'm in the minority as far as how he's viewed. So I get it. So I put him at 12 to J.C. Horn. Yeah. You know, so I tried to play, I tried to play it that way, if so that it, makes sense. It was, it, this wasn't what you would do. Your mock was more about what you think the teams will do. I guess. Because it's, it's, it's one of two, and, like, different analysts do it different ways. I know. Well, and then I got into some picks where I don't know exactly what the team's going to do. And then I tried to go into, like, okay, if I was the GM of that team, mm-hmm. right, the Jets pick 22. I don't know. I haven't heard any rumors. I don't know what they're thinking. But I looked at their roster and I said, you know, they need a fucking corner and they need a pass rusher. There you go. Let me figure that out. I don't <laughs> think it's that crazy. So, yeah, on some of those picks where there's no knowledge or anything out there, yeah, yeah then I played de facto GM and tried to fill it in, you know, within reason to, again, to what I think fits, what you hear out there and all, everything like that. I tried to take all that into account. One question about corner since you brought up the fact that yeah. you had the Eagles at 12 going J.C. Horn. Your favorite corner, Caleb Farley, you have all the way at 19 as a third corner. He's recently tested positive for COVID. Yep. Uh, we all understand. But how, how come you have him so low, but you like him so much? I, I, I mean, to me, he's b- borderline the first or second best defensive player in the yeah. draft. I, I mean, I, I think re- I really think, I mean, him, Jalen Phillips, and Micah Parsons are the three best defensive players in the draft. But, like, I, of course, think he's a top 10 pick. You're, yeah. But. This is, again, into my mouth and my logic. Mm-hmm. He's not going in the top ten. He's not because, because of the, the medicals. Yeah. There's, there's just no way. In fact, I know there's some people out there who reached out to me in the NFL thinking, do you think Farley would really go in that range? Because mm-hmm. they think he's going to fall farther. Yeah. I think there's some other people that think there's no way he's going in the first round because there's some teams that have him crossed off on their medical list. Mm. So, you know, that's why I have him dropping down. But I think the teams that do love him – Okay, when you get to around pick 19 and 20, that's mm-hmm. when they're going to go, okay, he's not perfect, we know, but 
we can we can at least sleep easy tonight taking him here instead of at number five or number seven or number eight or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, running backs. I, I did Peter King's mock draft with him on Monday. I saw he had the, the Steelers going Najee Harris at twenty four. Yeah. And I like the pick Buffalo. Uh, he gave them Travis Etienne. Did you think about running backs at all 24 through 32? I, I think it's those two teams that pop out to me for that position. You know, the Steelers, it, I mean, it makes sense. I'm not a huge Najee Harris fan that mm-hmm. way, right. okay? But I, I do believe they're going into like we just talked about a minute ago. It's going to be all in Tom Brady ball in Pittsburgh this year. We're going to play defense. We're going to run the ball, be balanced, protect Ben. If it's one-on-one, he's going to throw it. I think that's what they're going to try to do. So that makes sense. Um, the, the big thing, too, is they got real offensive line issues, too. And you can probably get an elite difference maker for your offensive line at that pick, too. So that's something they're going to have to balance out. The, the running back ATN at 30 with the Bills, to me, makes a ton of sense. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? It does. I mean, they have a need at the position. You know, I don't know how they feel about Zach Moss, who they drafted in the third round last year. I liked him coming out. Yeah. But ATN, I think, fits the way they're playing football right now, right? Hey, they're going to be in the shotgun with Josh Allen for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're going to let him wheel and deal. He does have the threat to run. And now you have an ATN who, yes, is good between the tackles. Yes, can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. Yes, is awesome in the screen game, yeah. right? So he brings all of everything they really want at the running back into one total package. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't think that's crazy. Before we get into your Robin Hood picks, so one more question about your mock draft. Yeah. Think one through 32, one pick that you would love to see happen that, that you, you said, I'm slotting this player to this team. You're kind of outside of the top three. That's got a little bit more. Uh, yeah outside the, uh, the, the more obvious ones. One guy that you would really like to see uh, as a landing spot with the team where you put him. Okay, well, let's just like, there's an obvious one. I'd love to see Kadarius Tony with Aaron Rodgers and mm. the Packers. Okay, yes. I, that, yes. So, like, that's so easy. I feel like that shouldn't even count, all right? But I would love to see that. I mean, that would K- be awesome. Kadarius Tony is a weapon, and he'll become a more polished receiver as he goes along. But I think he's definitely worthy of being in that range as, yep. as far as a draft pick. All right. But that was like, that's too easy. Okay. You're right. I think the other two go back to, for me, the studs of the world again. Mm-hmm. The medical COVID opt-out guys. I, I, would, I mean, the Colts are in the Super Bowl window. If they got Jalen Phillips with that defense – and now, like, I'd go, oh, my gosh, they got that defense. And now they got, you know, DeForest Buckner with Jalen Phillips, the way they play, everything like that. That, to me, would make, change my thought mm. on the Colts to where it's like, yeah, they're in the Super Bowl contending window to, like, whoa, they might legitimately be, like, one of the four or five biggest Super Bowl contenders. Like, right. that, that would be one I'd look at for sure. That'd be one where free agency patience would really pay off because we were waiting for them because they had that need, and there were a lot of players available at defensive, and they didn't do it. Yes. And if they end up with Phillips at that point of the draft, Oh, man. I know. It'd be interesting, too. And, you know, I know Chris Ballard, he's got a history of not touching medical guys, things like this, for the most part. You know, but the thing will be interesting, again, I mean – the, the concussion rule was a real thing. Like, he got what, what – I think the number was, like, he got three concussions. He had to sit out. Right. And as I told right. you, he did a – like, there was no signs of anything like that on this film from last year. And he does a great job of keeping his head out of big collisions anyways. Like, he was very impressive that way. To where he just kind of like – he was going to hit you with his face and his chest. He never ducked his head. And it wasn't an issue. But he's, just, he's a star. He's, 
He's a top 10 pick in a normal year. It's with a little bit of sadness, Chris, I'm moving on from your mock draft because a mock draft is gold. I oh. mean, every one of the picks opens up a conversation for it the is. team, for the players. It's a so great exercise. I will uh, exhale and move into the Robin Hood portion of the pod today. Good music. Oh. This is, oh. You know what? I've seen this before, but it's been a while. So you come in there so uh, kind of with, with finesse and Robin kindness. Hood is here. That was better than the, than the singing in the open. <laughs> yes, I was. Quicker. Yes. Cleaner. Uh, okay, let's begin with wide receiver. You have a number of guys here yeah. that you consider kind of mid-round steals. Deami Brown, North Carolina, your third-ranked receiver is first on your list. Right, and I think, again, now Deami Brown doesn't really fit the Robin, whole, Robin Hood mold here. But what is the definition? Like, does a second rounder count? Or I, are we talking? I, to me, really, it's just guys that aren't getting the notoriety okay. they deserve. Deami Brown is a guy that I still think has a possibility to like sneak into the end of the first round. I do not think that's crazy. I know there's some teams who look at him to go, wait, but yeah, Chris, I, I agree that he could fall somewhere in that range, no doubt about it. I just don't think he's getting enough credit. All we talk about is the two Alabama receivers and right. Jamar Chase. That's all we ever hear about. And then it goes to the next pass catcher, which is Kyle Pitts. And then, you know, after that, I feel like it usually does go to Kadarius Toney. De'Ami Brown and his skill set, I just – th- this is a superstar potential. I mean, he really does. Outside and slot? Uh, or? More outside, but – you know, again, the big thing that's holding him back is route tree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all you ever hear is route tree, route tree, route tree. And to me, at some point, you got to be able to piece some things together, you know. And, like, I'll use, like, T. Higgins last year. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins, his route tree wasn't extensive. And some of the routes he ran sometimes you go, eh, like, that could be cleaner. I wish that was better. But then he would catch the ball and make these sharp cuts, and you're like, well, why, why the fuck can't he do that when he just runs the route without the ball in his hands? Yeah. And if you watch Cincinnati play football this year, he, became, he was a pretty good route runner. It was in him to do that. And, like, the same thing with De'Ami Brown. I don't know. When I see him catch the ball and cut either way, he breaks ankles and makes people look stupid. So it makes me believe that he'll be able to go to the white line and make a right-hand turn when he has to. I just think so. <laughs> as long as you mention Cincinnati, yeah. what if, instead uh-huh. of going Jamar Chase at five, what if they took the best offensive tackle in Panay Sewell, early second round, get your guy Deami Brown? That, that, I mean, that would be ideal of ideal. Think about that wide receiver set they would I have. Know. I know. And, and listen, I tossed around that idea and everything like that. Now, it, I think to go... I mean, that's the big question with that five pick. You know, Sewell is pretty damn special. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is pretty damn special. What a first-class problem to have for that I, team. It is the a first-class problem. The best tackle. At the Man. two deepest positions yeah. to where you're probably going to be able to get a good another one, the opposite of who you pick first, right. in the second yes. round. So that's the big thing, too. But I think what you have to balance if you're Cincinnati in that scenario is how confident are we there going to be that a true, what we view as a true difference-making wide receiver will be there. Would you count Brown as that? I do. I do. And if you felt like for sure, like, man, the way we've played out our board and we've played, because this is what teams are doing. They're going through the draft and playing scenarios and thinking about, okay, well, in this scenario, we have this group of guys available to us. All right, in this scenario, whoa, we have this group of guys available to us. And if you feel confident that, a Deami Brown or Kadarius Tony, maybe, or something like that, will be on the board at what are they, 37, 38? I've got it yeah. uh, slotted down it's here. Somewhere in there. It's, I think it's 38. But, okay. but either way, that, that, then maybe you do do that. 
I mean, th- th- that I'm really fascinated by that. I've yeah. gone back and forth with that conversation there with Cincinnati. They're, they're one of the fun ones. Yeah. Amari Rogers, Clemson. Amari Rogers is just gets no talk. Amari Rogers to me is a guy that's going to thrive in the NFL and really, you know, was a little bit, uh, you know, he, he dealt with some injuries and things like that at Clemson. But one of those guys, Paul, that's a wide receiver that's built like a running back. You know, they don't have an offense that knows how to really work. Sl- you know, this is where I get into the co- their ecology offense, mm. right, a little bit. They don't have slot option routes. And the things that maybe he could thrive at and be good at, they didn't really do that in college. But I think the guy has got a little bit of everything. I mean, there's strength to his game. When he catches the ball, he turns into a running back and can make people miss and break tackles and do that. More break tackles than make people miss. You know, but then also there's enough speed to be outside and go, wait, he's strong enough and fast enough outside to be a real thing, too. You've seen him in person. Yeah. I mean, what, did, what jumped out to you? We haven't had this conversation. I, I, I watched him and thought, what a great slot receiver he'd be yeah, in the NFL. Right. I mean, he was more outside, like you're talking about, big-time numbers at Clemson when he was healthy, uh, with a lot of talent around him. I mean, Trevor had to run the ball. He had to give it to Travis. He had to throw to other guys out there. Uh, but his numbers when he was healthy were really good. Right. And he just looks like somebody. He looks put the him part, in the slot, right? Right. I mean, get him, get him in the middle rounds, probably? I think so. I think he's probably going to be like a fourth rounder somewhere yeah. in there, I think, realistically. Something he's a guy there. who catches, you know, 30, 40 balls his rookie season. Hey, definitely. Well, without a doubt. I mean, I just – I think, you know, the NFL, it's where I look at guys like him. I probably could have put Amon, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in this from USC. Mm. You know, those are guys where I look at to go – College, they were good, but they're more made for the NFL. They're going to have the definitive role in the NFL to where we're all going to look at them maybe in a few years and go, damn, they're catching 85 balls a season. I didn't think that was going to happen. But, yeah, like Rodgers in person, like, is he what I think he is as far as, like, looking like a running back almost? Like, I don't know what his 40 would be. Like, I never watched him. I think I saw him three times in person right. and thought, man, I wonder what his 40 is. Yeah. But when he catches it, his first couple steps it's happen dull. in a it's, hurry. It's, it is. It's and that's explosive. what made me think that in, in the slot, yep. catch a five-yard pass for a nine-yard gain. Right. I'll take second and one all day long. Yeah, I think he's that type of guy. I yeah. do. Yeah, I'm, uh, he, he has definitely kind of been lost on the shuffle here. And it just speaks again to the receivers that you can get in this draft, I think in the third or fourth round, that right. can really help your football team. Marquez Stevenson from Houston. Yeah, I mean, speed. That, that's the biggest thing. I think he's a guy that could surprise people, and maybe you know, I think he's gonna be a, it could be a second-round pick. Mm. For, you know, the ability that he has to, to, to run routes, you know, he really can stick his foot in the ground and come out of breaks and do all that really well. He's, a, he's got special return ability, too. And, you know, the speed on the film is, oh, wow, like, does he run 429 or 431? It's that kind of look, right? To where I just think it's too good and the way he runs routes, and then he has enough size and everything behind it to where I think he does go somewhere in the in the first two rounds. And Jalen Darden, your last wide receiver to talk about here from North Texas. Man, I haven't I haven't and I you need to call some friends just to talk about Jalen Darden. I don't know where people I heard view his him. Name. He is three rockets up his ass three. fast. Mm. I mean, he can fly. I mean, this is this is the guy that, you know, I mean, there was like some Tyree kill in him, what he could do. And, you know, Pete, if you can, did, did, I want to say I remember him running a really impressive 40 time at his own pro day, which is, again, it's a weird year with the pro days. But right. true slot guy, weapon guy, like smaller than Kadarius Tony, right? But along those lines of that type of player and. 
I would say he's actually faster than Kadarius Toney. Now, he's not going to break tackles and do that. Kadarius Toney can really do stuff like that where he can, like, run between the tackles and break tackles. Darden's smaller. He's got some issues catching the ball over the middle. He's worried about his small body and playing that way. Mm -hmm. But a true slot jitterbug type that's got, like, home run hitting ability, which is kind of rare. Usually those guys are quicker than fast, right? Right. This guy's like, no, he's quicker and faster. He's got them both. I think Pete just said in the four fours. Yeah, four, that's four, the, that's disappointing. I mean, I, that's shocking to me, actually. Some guys look faster on film, though. I know, which is which is a I good know. thing. Yeah. Let's say third round, your GM looks to you. You're an offensive coordinator. You, you can have one of these guys. You can have Stevenson or Darden, different kind of receivers. Yeah. Speed outside or that guy in the slot you just described. I'd probably I'd probably favor Stevenson a little bit. I would. Um, I just think the size, you know, is a real thing to me. Um, and Stevenson, yeah, I guess I just have less questions overall. Route running maybe better with Stevenson, size better than Stevenson. Didn't have questions about his hands a little bit. You know, Durden, there was a little bit of those issues there. You know, again, I, th- I think he could be one of those surprise awesome players for a team, but I have more questions about him. Moving into the backfield, running back out of North Carolina, your second-ranked running back, Michael Carter. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all ATN and Najee Harris. Right. And I think this guy is right there in the class of them. I mean, obviously, I think he's better than Najee Harris. You give me my offense, I want, I want Michael Carter. I do. I mean, he's – What he's, did you see from him that makes him better than Najee Harris? He's just – he's, you know, his acceleration and straight-head speed is on another level from Najee Harris. I mean, as we know, I mean, Najee Harris, we were talking about a guy who played – for the best offensive line in college football, and he's got, like, one run over 20 yards. That, to me, like, should say something to people a little bit. I mean, just a little to go, like, wait, he got a running start to run through holes, and the longest run we got is, like, a 25, 27-yard gain. That, to me, speaks to itself to where I just go, do you hear what you're saying? Yeah. That means he's not a first-round pick, at least for me. Now, this kid, you know, Michael Carter, it's the acceleration and then – the ability to make people miss is truly elite that way. Mm. You know, so I take that. I just think he's made for the NFL as far as r- coming out of the backfield, catching balls, doing that. Got some value in between the tackles, and he's a big play back. You think he makes it out of the second round? I don't. I don't think there's any way. I, I, would, think, I would think, you know, we're going to see a run of him, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne anywhere from, let's say, 24 to 50, right. I think you start to see those guys go off the board. One more running back, J.B. and Hawkins, Louisville. Yeah. Your I'm, third ranked back. My, I mean, again, home run hitter. I'm, I'm, yeah, J.B. and Hawkins is one of those guys. Give him a hole, tell him to put the pedal to the metal, and we'll see you in the end zone. I mean, that's the kind of player he is. He's tiny. He's small. I get that. I, I think he's Raheem Mostert or, or a, 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 a Matt Breida type of guy. It might not be a long career, but it's going to be a lot of highlights and big plays. And I hear his name nada at all. I mean, I think really he's probably going to be true mid-round pick. And I don't know, maybe there's more to the story there than I know. At tight end, a player you and I got to know pretty well over the last couple, three years, Tommy Tremble uh, out of Notre Dame, your third-ranked tight end. Yeah, third-ranked tight end. I mean, physically is the second most gifted tight end in the draft. And he is more gifted than the kid from Penn State, Freermuth. But you know, he's gotten more catches. You see more route running from him on Penn State. Tremble, to me, is just intriguing because there's great potential, I think, mm-hmm. to be, like, a big-time tight end. 
Um, but he's just a hell of a football player yeah. that is going to have a role that's more valued again in the NFL than it is in college football. Right. That H-back, second tight end, slot receiver, fullback. You don't know what position we're going to line up in. You know? And then with his speed and his physicality, mm-hmm. man, I just have a hard time thinking NFL teams aren't going to love him. I think his, his uh, just pure receiving production at Notre Dame wasn't as high the second half of last year as, I know. as, I, you know, as maybe it should have been. And right. there's a lot of reasons that could go into that. But I, I think his, his receiving production next level will be better. I do, too. Will look better than it did at Notre Dame. And his physicality is, is just outstanding. I mean, I can't the tell charts. you how many times another coach is like, okay, cue the portion of this call where the other coach talks about 24 on Notre Dame and how physical he is every play. He's just got no fear. I mean, just throws his body around like he's the strongest man just on the planet. Enjoys that part of the game. He really yeah. does. I mean, feet drive on contact no matter how aggressive the contact is. I mean, he's truly one of the best lead blockers in the draft, let alone, like you said, he can really run. He can really run. And I also think... You know, because of his vast skill set, it kind of hurt him at Notre Dame. Mm. You know, to where they were like, they well, wait, a- our tight end here, he can, this tight end can only play tight end. But we got this other guy that can do all these. So let's use him. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we don't have a play that's drawn up for him to catch the ball at that position. And that point. hurts him, you know. Yeah. So, uh, again, that's why I think, you know, to what we're saying here, he's yeah. made for the NFL. Yeah, a lot of those catches at tight end went to the freshman last year, Michael Mayer. Right. It doesn't mean that uh, Tommy Tremble couldn't catch the ball. They just ended up going to a different spot. Right. Offensive line, tackle Walker Little from Stanford. Walker Little, if there isn't COVID-19, I mean, is a top 20 talent. You know, again, it's another intriguing thing in this draft. I just, where does he go? I don't know. He's, he is definitely one of the most talented guys in the draft. He is Nate Soldier. Yeah. Uh, from New England in his prime. I mean, he's way better than Nate Soldier coming out in the draft. I know you like traits. He was one that had the traits at a level. He might have been the top-rated tackle in high school I three think, or four years I, ago. I think he was, right. One of the top two or three. He's long arms, unbelievable feet, strength is the real deal. I mean, the ability to move in space, you name it, this guy's got it. So, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of talk about him, but, like, there's – from what you do see on film, there's no technique issues. There's no physical issues at all. You know, yeah, he COVID-19 opted out, and he tore his ACL in his first game the year before that. So it's been two years since he's played, and that's going to scare teams, yeah. definitely. But uh, I, I, I'm still thinking somewhere in the second. Wow. Maybe early third. I just think he's too freaking talented. Too talented. And, again, we're talking about a draft where there's limited – elite players in the draft, I think you could see these guys get overdrafted more this year than maybe years past, too. Guard Aaron Banks from Notre Dame. Man, I mean. Looks like a tackle. It looks like a tackle. I mean, probably could do it, really. His feet are are not ideal for tackle play, but they're good enough. But here's a guy that just, again, all we do is talk about the same main guys out of the first round offensive lineman. Banks is just on the edge of that. Like, I thought about Banks at pick 31 to Baltimore. I thought Ravens need offensive linemen. Banks is their type of guy, big, hulking guard to just blow people off the ball who can move well enough to pull and do all that when you need. Plus, he's coached like an NFL player like we've talked about at Notre Dame. So he has all of those things going for him. Like, I I would be shocked if Aaron Banks doesn't go in the second round for Mm -hmm. sure. And Jackson Carmen, your last offensive lineman, a guard from Clemson. Yeah, and, you know, he played tackle. 
he could be a super. This, this, if you had to call my shot, right, to go, who's the first round offensive lineman who's going to be a superstar or like the guy that doesn't go in the first round? I would probably say it's this guy or Walker Little. Wow. Yes, because he's got all the attributes to be a franchise left tackle. You know, little rawness with some technique. Also in Clemson, you know, they will ask their guys to do some things that are not going to look good on film. Hmm. Like, let's just say you're the guard. I'm, I'm Jackson Carmen, the tackle. Yeah. All right, I got my guy. You got your guy, right? There's a D tackle over you. There's a D end over me. They'll do your guy. They're going to do a twist, right, mm-hmm. and switch. Now your D tackle is running at me, yep. and my D end's going behind him and running at you. They tell, they tell their team to go, no, you still take your guy. Even though that tackle is running into you, we'd like you to get around him or move around him and still block hmm. that huge human being who's running at full speed over there. So there's some plays where you go, you know, a bad evaluator is going to go, well, that's a negative. And I'm going to go, what fucking human on yeah. earth could stop that or make that block there? Bad scheme. Uh, yeah. I could take you Trent Williams, who's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's not going to be able to make that tackle. So he's another guy that I think is going in the second round and has really big potential guard or tackle. He could be a guy to me where if, like, the Bengals go Jamar Chase, yep. maybe he's maybe the guy there. that they go at the top of the second round. And don't underestimate these guys that are, that are really adept at being guard or tackle because you only get to dress how many linemen on game day? Yeah, well, seven. I think seven maybe. Seven. I mean, you can dress as many as you want. But you just got to be careful. But you got numbers issues. Only, it's a limited number of available right, guys. Right. So if yes. you have a stud who can who can play a couple positions like that, that's great flexibility. And awesome. It's a, it's great insurance in the draft pick in general. It's just you just go well if he fails at this one, at least he can do the other one. So that makes them feel better about picking the guy. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Start with Edge out of Pittsburgh, Rashad Weaver. Who's your fourth at that position? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rashad Weaver, as you know. Uh, I mean, we uh, again we talk about there's three. True, hands-down, elite guys in the draft to me, and that's, again, Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay, Jason Oway. Then you get into that, that next group of guys, you know, and to me that's where Rashad Weaver is. You know, Joe Tryon is going to be off the board. He's almost 260 pounds, and he runs 4'6", and for those teams that like fast DNs, you know, there's not a lot of them to go around in this draft. So he's going to go. You know, I think he's going to go at pick 22 to the Jets. You know, Aziz Olajari. From, from Georgia, you know, same type of thing. Bigger guy, good athlete. There's not a lot of them in the draft. He's going to go in the first round of the top 40 picks for sure. You know, so then I get to the who's the next guy after that to go, ooh, this guy could be a double-digit-a-year type sack guy. For me, that's Rashad Weaver. Got it all. I mean, he really does. I, I, the length can be deceiving as far as the explosiveness is concerned. You know, because it's like a Montez sweat. The first step is like seven yards long. So you're like, well, is that fast? I don't know. I can't tell. But it, it, the results speak for itself. He gets on the edges of offensive tackles all the time. And then he had an impressive 40, day, 40 in pro day that backs up my thought of what I saw on film. How fast? You know, I, I don't even know what his 40 time it was. It was more of the three-cone mm. and the, I mean, the uh, five ten five and the three-cone drill. He killed it to make me think, hey, there's the bend and, like, the short area quickness and explosiveness that I thought about, or at least that jumped out to me. Let's go defensive backs here. And as we're thinking about what we're labeling Robin Hood picks, great value, you know, round two and beyond, uh, my favorite Super Bowl facts, the Buccaneers playing so well in the back end, not a single 
defensive back drafted in the first round. Those are all second, third, and fourth round picks. Keep that in mind here as you run through your and value. some of my favorites. Carlton Davis, their oh corner. Yeah. He was my, I believe, second or third corner one year coming out. And your out. top safety last year. And my top safety last year was Antoine yep. Winfield. Yep. And even the other safety, other corner they got out of uh, 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 Auburn. Both from Auburn. Uh, yeah. Uh, what the hell is the other guy's name? I'm going to blank number 35. It begins with a D. He was another guy a few years ago. Yeah. Again. Yeah. They fit the mold of Chris Sims and what I like at corner. Yeah. There was film. Auburn goes, you got that guy. And I go, oh, okay, that guy can cover that guy all yeah. the time. Unbelievable. Right. And they are, you know, low 4-4, four, four, high 4-3 four, type of football players. It's going to kill me. <laughs> I got to look. <laughs> to the computer we go. Jamel, Jamel Dean. Dean. Exactly right. I mean, yeah. Jamel Dean Good was job, a 4-2 type of guy. Yeah. Um, so, thank you, Pete. Okay. Cornerback. You have two of them. Paulson Adebo Stanford is your first. Yeah, I mean, Paulson Adebo heard buzz about him early on in the process, just haven't heard a lot about him. And, again, here's a, it's a COVID, opt, a COVID opt-out. Mm-hmm. But uh, just, you know, again, straight line speed, the ability to accelerate and break on the ball is as good as there is in the draft. And then he's a heat-seeking missile when it comes to tackling. So hasn't been a lot of buzz about him. I don't know if he's going to go in the first round. It doesn't sound like that. But I think he's a guy that deserves to be mentioned here, and I would be shocked if he gets out of the second round. And out of LSU, Kerry Vincent. Yeah, Kerry Vincent's a guy that didn't make my top corners. Or he, was a, he was a tough eval. The physical ability's there. I don't know if he's a nickel or a safety or what he is. He played safety at LSU, but they played him in a spot that is very odd, where he was like, at some points, Paul, like how to play nickel – but he was also playing it safe. It's like they were trying to get him to play both positions. Hmm. It's like, hey, we want you to cover this guy, but also be back and play safety. But you're going to have to cover this guy from 12 yards off. And now he's going to get to run at you full speed and go whatever way he wants. And we want you to cover him. Hmm. So there's some underwhelming it's a hard plays. evaluation. It's a tough spot. Yeah. You know, it's, it goes back to like our, our Clemson tackle. You just go, I don't care. You can put Deion Sanders there. There's going to be some issues with that kind of technique right. or what they're asking him to do. But too good of a football player, a lot like Xavier McKinney last year out of Alabama, hmm. that kind of guy. Nickel, safety, I don't know, just a good football player I want in the back end who can kind of yeah. do everything. And I think that's where he'll fit. And I think he's another guy that's somewhere in the second round. Think about how many snaps NFL teams play with, with six DBs in the field. So someone who might be a safety, might be a corner. We couldn't figure out what he was playing in college, but he was playing it pretty well. Yeah. Find a home for him. No doubt. They're, they're, those guys like that are gold right now in the NFL. Safety, Andre Sisco out of Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite safety in the draft. And You didn't got, have one going in the first round. No. Yeah. And because, you know, here's a guy that he tore his ACL early on last year in the season. So he won't go there. But uh, if you ask me one safety who I think can be the superstar of the draft, I'm going with Andre Sisco. You know, is a big-time hitter, big-time athlete. Speed is 4-3 speed. It doesn't matter. Like Michael Carter, so we're talking about him, right? He breaks a run against North Carolina. Andre Sisco runs him down. It does, you know, he, he is real deal that way. And, again, I think undervalued a little bit. And I've heard this from people like, you know, there's some really bad plays on tape. And I just want to go – again, it goes back to the whole thing. At safety, he's asked to do things that other safeties were just not asked to do. And some of it I just go, it's not realistic to succeed. I don't care who it is. And uh, I think that's going to hurt him. But be, he'll be interesting to see where he goes. 
such high-end talent. What's your guess? There's some underwhelming film because of some of the things I talked yeah. about. And then the torn ACL. Round two? Late two, probably. Third, probably really likely. early third, yeah. something like that. I think that's probably where it goes. So Cisco is your number one safety yeah. out of Syracuse. Your fourth out of TCU is Ardarius Washington. Yeah, I just, I mean, again, he's the Chris Sims crush. You know, he's my man crush. These are, these are my man crush people right here. And he's smaller, but I just, when you talk about giving no fucks mm-hmm. about yourself and hitting people, nobody exemplifies that more than Ardarius Washington. I mean, he's a heat-seeking missile. As I told you, I think at the time when we did the safety breakdowns, he doesn't care if he gets run over either. He's coming. It doesn't matter. And you're going to fall down. You might trip over him. He might knock your feet out from underneath you. Either way, that's what's happening. I, I just looked at him and just go, it's, it's Honey Badger. Now, he's going to probably be third rounder because everybody's going to go, oh, he's only 185 pounds, even though we love Honey Badger, who's 185 mm-hmm. pounds and one of the best guys of the – so he'll be underdrafted because of that and then get on the team and be starting and everybody will go, why wasn't he drafted higher? How come you have him as your fourth safety instead of your second? You know, I think the big thing is, is I wasn't sure maybe if it was like, is he a nickel? Is he a true safety? You got to kind of find a niche for him a little bit there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want him to be an in the box, right? Like playing five yards. That's not his game. He's going to lose a lot of battles if he's asked to do that. So I guess that's where I kind of just had a little trepidation about, you know, where you put them exactly. Those are your Robin Hood picks. My, my main question now is, do we get that graphic at the end or just the beginning where, where you slide in? I mean, we should. I mean, it's such a great graphic. It really should. I'm not but, seeing it. Oh, yeah. There she is. One, there he is. Kristen, was, I thought she was asleep at the wheel. You I thought so, she was. You look so kind and young. Oh, I really. I love all the green behind me. I'm wearing though, green today, right? Man. Yeah, yeah, it's white, good. pretty white. Right, I think that was like November-ish. Yeah, I got some December. secret green plants back there, pan- <laughs> planted too. You don't even know what they. You can't see them in that picture. <laughs> Kristen's looking at like where, where, <laughs> where, what, where what are green they? plants? Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So, so that, that is the Robin Hood section, bookended by the full screen of Chris dressed as Robin Hood. <laughs> yes. And now we get to the prospect rundown presented by Applebee's. Chris's 2021 quarterback draft rankings 
revisited. I think you said a couple months ago, these are my guys. This is my top six. I'm not changing them. Right. Pretty sure about it. One slight change. There we go. So Wilson to Lawrence, Jones, Mond. Lanson Field switched at five and six. Yes? Yes. 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 Lanson Field switched. the biggest switch. reason for that? The biggest reason is just the, the consistency of the throwing. I think that's the big thing. And, I, and you know, again, I, 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 when I did the quarterback rankings, I think I'm pretty sure I said – you know, again, I, it was really close for Fields and Lance to me. I gave Fields the advantage only because he's played. Mm. That was really it. But, yeah, that was one of those things where I think the more and more I went through it and even just seeing other guys, I became a little less impressed with Fields mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe gave Lance some benefit of the doubt with going like, man, their offense, it's not the greatest, doesn't have the talent around them. And I do think the throwing is just more consistent from yeah. that standpoint. Did you uh, consider yeah. moving him up past Kellen Mond? I, I, I did. I did. I, you know, again, I, I have friends in the NFL that think I'm crazy for having Mond ahead of him. But I'm a Mond fan. Yeah. And I, I think he translates to the NFL for sure. So uh, I'm not going to budge off of that. We also have, as promised, kind of a, a, a different way. And it's not easy to come up with new ways at this point of the draft process to, to treat these quarterbacks. But we have four categories uh, not your favorite quarterback. We just did that and updated it. But just different ways we can look at the quarterbacks, and you're going to rank them one through six. Let's start with arm strength. I've got a blank sheet here, so I'm, I'm like everybody else, waiting to learn how you look at the arm strength of these guys. Let's start at the top and then go down to six. All right. Zach Wilson's number one. Okay. It is. And, you know, hey, the, the, the good conversation about arm strength is always like, you know, Okay, arm strength that's usable. Okay, let's just say that. You know, again, do I sit here and wonder, can, like, going into the draft process, all right, I would have gone Justin Fields' arm stronger than Zach Wilson's. Mm. It's stronger. You know, if they just had to throw at the wall and throw it as hard as they could, I think he could win. But I would go, but I'm not sure he's always going to hit the wall. That would be my concern. So is it worth throwing it that hard if you can't hit, you know, the, the big wall bullseye or whatever? But... But as I continue to watch and then see the pro day and all of that and everything, you know, Zach Wilson's arm's the strongest in every position and every which way. It's the most explosive. It's the quickest release. Whatever you want to say, Zach Wilson has the strongest arm in the draft. I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence to be second. Is no, that, he's not. Gonna go? I'm no. going to go with Trey Lance here. Okay. I am. You know, again, I, I'm taking into a little bit of account of like, yeah, you got to throw it hard, but you got to be able to control the ball a little bit too. I don't need like Charlie Sheen in Major League and just like <laughs> nuclear loose, just a bit outside. Yeah. Ball nine, ball twelve, <laughs> ball sixteen. You know that? Okay, great. He's throwing 107. He hasn't hit the catcher's glove in seven minutes. So like, um, I, I gave Trey Lance. Trey Lance, he controls the ball pretty damn well. I don't, of course, love his technique to throw the football always, mm. but his arm and the power, it's real. And I'm going to give him the number two ranking here. Wilson one, Lance two. Who you have at three? This was a tight one here. This really was. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, but I was really close between him and Mond here. Mond's arm is powerful. It really is. I guess where, you know, I give Lawrence the advantages is, Maybe his arm's a little more powerful in awkward positions. 
right? That's where I'd probably get into that a little bit. You know, Mond is a little bit more prototype, always staying in the right position, throwing-wise, has really good mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, all of those type of things. So this was a close one for me. It really was. But I am going to go with Trevor Lawrence, just a little bit over Kellen Mond. And then, yeah, I put field six, even though, listen, I know his arm is really strong. Mm-hmm. But I, I, there's got to be a little combination of strength and accuracy to go along with it. Right. I can't go... Like, oh, it's really strong, but you missed the target. Oh, when you throw at 80%, you do hit the target. Right. That's not strong to me. And, again, that goes back to what I saw in the pro day workout and everything like that. There isn't an inability for him to really, really cut it loose because yeah. he doesn't trust where it's going to go. At least that's my view of it. Hate it or love it. I know yeah. a lot of people hate it, but that's what my view is. Side note to Lawrence at number three. A couple of years ago when he was a freshman, they were playing Notre Dame in Dallas Whenever there's a big-time quarterback, I try and get on the field, like literally, kind of like Urban Meyer was in his pro day. I want to get as close as I can. Right. I got next to the receiver he was warming up with when he was about 30 yards away, and I wanted to see, can I hear it? Yeah. Can I hear it coming? Right. I mean, not everybody has that kind of zip in the ball, but someone who can really bring it, you can hear it about 10 yards away, and I could hear it, that just like a pitcher who's really bringing it at 95-ish. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean he can play. Right. But for what it's worth, I mean, he was really – Cutting it loose. Yeah, I like to hear that. And he can cut it loose. I mean, and again, too, like, you know, you've heard me say there's there's some mechanical things I think he can right, fix. Right. And one of the things I said during my draft and doing that is just the, the rankings and everything. If he could fix some of those things, you know, he will have one of the strongest arms in football, if mm-hmm. not the strongest. You know, so there is something to that. And really, listen, another thing that, you know, jump. His mechanics got a little worse his last mm. year compared to the year before. What bothered you the most? You know, just first off, the look of the player a little bit. You know, like two years ago, and I challenged somebody to go back and look. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks a little different in his uniform when they, you know, lose the national championship game to LSU and Joe Burrow. There's a little more muscle. You could see the definition. There's a little thickness in his arms, things like that. Mm-hmm. This year, there was definitely – a little skinnier look, and maybe that's because of the, the COVID shoulder. thing. And he had the shoulder, the shoulder issue, yeah. too. So yeah. maybe that. But, I mean, I'm talking even before the, during the season. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just felt like there was more throws I saw from last year compared to the year before where, like you heard me say, off balance, foots over here, like that type of stuff. But, I mean, again, Trevor Lawrence is a stud. So you had Wilson, Lance, Lawrence, Mond at five? Five is Fields. Five is Fields. Yeah, and Mac Jones is six. Okay. Yeah. Get Mac last. Yeah, Max last in the arm strength department. It kind of goes to show you that it's not maybe as important as, as people think. No, no. You think he's worth the third pick, but in, you know, sixth in, in arm strength. Well, it, it, and again, we're talking about, you know, some guys here that got legit arms. Right. There's no doubt about that. And it's not to the point here with a guy that I'm going, well, yeah, he's six. He can't really throw the go route or make, you know, the post route throws or anything like that. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's it's not an issue to be sixth here in this right. this little ranking right here. And who knows where he's going to be ranked on these next few, these next other categories? Go. Yeah, right. And the next one is mechanics. Well, he's one. one. Six. He's one. There you go. So there's nobody with better mechanics in any way than Mac Jones. It's it's a real. It's perfect every mm-hmm. time base, the foot, the footwork, whether that's the drops, whether that's the having the proper foot placement as he's gathering to throw to get all his power, 
you know, how it's lined up according to where the target is, anything like that, you know, keeping the ball two hands underneath his chin, has a little movement, gets front shoulder turn, all of those type of things. His mechanics are they're, mm-hmm. they're flawless. They're, First thing you said was base. I mean, I, I think balance. Yeah. Same thing. But his balance, whether it's a, a quick drop or a deep drop, is always always it's ready to go. Always ready to go. Exactly right. And then that allows him to throw the appropriate ball off of that because his body's always in the right position. So for mechanics, he's number one. Number two is I'm going to go with Kellen Mond as just far as the pure mechanics of throwing the football. There's no moving parts with Kellen Mond. There's nothing. The only thing, like I told you, with Kellen Mond is I wish he was just a little more relaxed and loose to the ball Mm -hmm. and not being so like this. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know, I'm holding the ball really tight underneath my chin with, you know, the elbows pointed out. It can look a little stiff. It can. And that's, you know, here's another thing, too. That's Jimbo Fisher. That's Mm -hmm. Again, don't forget he's being coached to do this. Jameis does the same thing. Think about it. And... Jimbo was big into don't fucking scramble, sit in the fucking pocket, and my offense is going to get people open. And that leads to being a little bit of a robot that too. If you're a good kid and you're listening to your coach and all that, you know, that, that can happen. So, but his throwing just from pure mechanics-wise is really, really special. And it's also why his accuracy is special. And I believe he had more completions into tight windows than any other quarterback in the draft. And it's why he throws a perfect spiral every throw and all of those type of things because it always, you know, is clean with his arm angle and everything about it. Jones one, Mon two. Who do you have at three? I'm going to go with Zach Wilson is number three. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Wilson, even though it's, it is loose and backyard a little bit, right? There's still all the key components to being a great thrower uh, that happen on a play-by-play basis with him. Now, where he's not as a machine maybe as like Mond or Mac Jones is there are times where he can let his feet get a little lazy because he's so good at upper body turn and his arm is so gifted that he can have maybe sometimes his feet be a little like stagnant to where you're like, no, come on, hop under there. Get, your, get, get all of it here. If you want to throw the laser here, yeah. right? Don't just try to do it with a little turn and flick of your wrist. So there's a little of that. And on his negative throws, he can lean forward a little as a thrower. It's few and far between. But again, you know, the guys I talked about before, the before him, they're almost perfect every single throw. So Wilson's got a little there to where he's got to stay on top of, most gifted thrower, all of that type of stuff. But the mechanics aren't the machine like the other two. Makes sense. And at four. Number four it's between uh, I'm, I'm splitting hairs here between I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. All right. And you've heard me say that this is where we're getting into. There's some mechanical issues there. Just a little bit of everything with Lawrence. I've seen enough to know he can do it the right way. But the reason he's not number one is because sometimes the foot's over here. Sometimes he arches his back to throw the ball, and he kind of falls away as he throws it. A lot of the times they're completions, mm-hmm. and I'm not going like, oh, no, that's horrible. But I'm just going, wait, in the NFL, that window could be really close, and you can't hit that guy on the back shoulder. It's got to be you know, one foot in front of the number or something like that, and that'll be the difference in that, right, that footwork or, or the leaning of the back and all that type of stuff. So I'm going to go with him there at number four, even though there's some things to clean up for sure. Sounds like the guy at five almost was number four. Yeah, Lance is there. Lance is right there with him. I, you know, where I don't love Lance, like there's things to like, because there is that little rhythm he has where 
where he dips a shoulder and then does that. So it can, can lead to consistency. I love all of that. But what I don't love is sometimes it is a little bit of a tell, mm. right? Like we don't have time to go one, two to the right, look over to the middle, and then dip our shoulder and throw it again and do all that. Now, I, I think he's capable of not doing that. I've seen throws of that. But that bothers me. And then it's a little bit of a orchestrated over-the-top motion. It's, it's dip the shoulder and then get over the top. And that's, to me, why he only has one club. That, that, because it's, it's this, I got to get over the top to rip the ball every time. Right. And that's why you don't see great touch on deep balls. He's not the best short ball thrower there is and all the things like that because it's just that violentness all of a sudden out of that throwing that's, yeah, not smooth and doesn't mm-hmm. lead to always smooth results. If he went to here, down just a little bit if, to there. If, if he could just think around a little bit more, like right. we talk about, around, right. not so much. And he's, he's trying. Like, if you watch his pro days, he's, he's doing his dip, he's coming over the top, and he's trying to finish his throw through. Mm-hmm. Even though it's going down, he's trying to keep it up. You know, so I think there's something there where he realizes it. Let's see if he can correct it. But if he does do, if he does correct that, if he can correct that, right? All right, and that's to me a little bit of a big if. Then I can start to go, oh, maybe the kid can be Josh Allen, mm-hmm. something like that. And it is correctable. It, it is correctable. Yeah, it is. It, it definitely is. Now that's you're, you need the right person to be able to. You know, see what the issue is, fix it, give him the right context clues on how to fix it and all of that. And that's where it's iffy because, as you know, there's just not a lot of people in football that really know throwing mm-hmm. mechanics. Right. And that's where I get scared with, with that stuff sometimes. And you have Fields, I'm guessing, at six here. Fields is at six, yes. Fields is, is out of this group by far the, le- the, the worst mechanically. There's no doubt about that. And that leads to the accuracy, uh, inconsistency we've all seen. Exactly right. There yes, we go. Right. All right, halfway through this one, up to decision making. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna pencil in, even though I have a pen. Yeah, pencil, pencil in. in, Mac. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Mac Jones is since I've been in this business, on this side of it, him and Joe Burrow, are the best decision makers I've ever seen. I mean, they do. Mac Jones does shit where you rewind it and you're like, wait, did he fucking see that throw or did he just blindly just throw it? Like, how did he look at that that quick and make? the throw and pull the trigger and do all that. Right. He's phenomenal at that. And, and that quality that we always talk about, throwing with anticipation, is so connected to your decision-making. Because when you see it quickly, like you just pointed out, right. that leads to it getting out half a count early. Definitely. Which gets it into that window that's tiny anyway. And then your mechanics are perfect to go on top of it, and it gives you now the, the confidence to uh, trust what I see, and now I can throw it as hard as I want right. and really give it all I got because... I'm mechanically in the right pay- place that way as well. Number two here in decision-making is the one I'm most interested in. Yeah. Because how important it is, and I knew it was going to be Mac Jones one, so I'm wondering who you have here in the second I'm going to go with Zach Wilson, decision-making. Yeah, I am. Um, is it perfect? No, it's not Mac Jones level. But there's very few times where you go, ooh, that was reckless or careless. Right. You have a few of that where you might see a dropped interception, but it's few and far between. For the most part, though, I thought his ability to go through, you know, reads and look at that and make the appropriate throw, yes, is, is, is the closest to Mac Jones for sure. And then where I think I even put him an edge above, right, is – the aggressive nature he has, too, and to where 
you know, again, you need to be physically gifted a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's got a good blend of kind of, you know, towing the line there a little bit of going like, you know, okay, I see the safety cheating and I'm not really supposed to do this, but there's a big hole, you know, between the corner and the safety. I'm going to look that safety off and throw a 40-yard laser in the cover two hole. Right. And that, to me, is part of the decision-making, too. And, of course, then he has the confidence and his physical ability to do those type of things. But I think when you add in the way he takes care of the ball, the way he places the ball, and then, yes, his aggressive nature to look for big plays and not do it to be a gunslinger and careless, mm-hmm. I just go, I think he's the second-best decision-maker in the draft. Yes. Jones, one. Wilson, two. Who's at three? I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, three. I am. I'm gonna and and I. This was a. I mean, Trevor, Mond, Trey Lance, or they're all pretty good decision makers for the most part. I think the thing where I'm gonna go with Trevor is, you know, I've seen it for three years. There's very few reckless decisions, really. I mean, a lot of his interceptions, I feel like, were more just like bad throws. Like he had a bad throw, I think, in the Notre Dame. Uh, uh, ACC championship game to the right side, right? Where he was throwing like a skinny post. I think he just overthrew it okay. and the guy intercepted it, right? It was, there's the very few where you're just like, man, he didn't even fucking see that guy. Like, yeah. what a stupid throw. There's none of that, really. Mm-hmm. That's very rare. So I look at him, the decisions he's made in big games, everything like that. Yeah, I'm going to make him number three. I mean, he could have really probably been in the number two discussion right there with Zach Wilson, really. Bottom half of this category starts with four. I'm going to go with Kellen Mond over Trey Lance, and this was really close. But just because Mond, more reps, I've seen it more, more was put on his plate to to have to deliver in the pass game. Again, that's one of my negatives with Trey Lance a little bit is like, Trey Lance has never run the two-minute drill in college football. We've never really seen the ball in his hand in a big moment and go, they got to go down the field and throw the ball here eight times in a row to win this game. Because they're always up by so much. Or they just go, here, run the ball, run the ball. Hey, we're down at the two-yard line. We ran the ball four times in a row. You know, and again, that's not a knock on Trey Lance, but it's a knock in the fact that because of his team, he didn't get to do some of this stuff. I don't know. I don't trust it. Kellen Mond, I got to see him in the SEC make good decision after good decision after good decision. And really, like I said, he could probably be in the Wilson-Lawrence uh, conversation. The reason I won't put him there is just maybe because of a, a lack of aggressiveness at times mm. that, that, that they had that he didn't have to where, yeah, there's, there's some throws every now where the Kalamon, you go, ooh, cut it loose, man. You're too gifted. Let it go right there. You got him. And he might take the eight-yard completion instead of stuff like that. You know, it's a good decision, right. but to me it's not the best decision. And that's where I think, like, Lawrence and Wilson had a little advantage over him. That would make Lance uh, five and field six. Yes, it would. Right. And Lance is not a bad decision maker. I mean, obviously, he threw no interceptions, you know, his last year playing college football. Yeah. So he sees the field well, but it's, it's a simple way to see it for him. It's the, one of the most simple out of – it is the most simple out of all these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it's, it's a little tough that way too. It's back-to-back sixes there for Fields with the decision-making and the mechanics. Gets us to our last category of athleticism. Who's at the top? Well, I'm going to give him number one there. I mean, Fields is a special athlete. He's a special specimen. Everything like that. So that's, that's like a no-brainer. You know, that's, that's where he is special, and that's where, again, I don't think he's ready year one right away, but if you do play him year one, that running and his ability is going to be, you know, a great luxury to have to let him grow as a passer too. But he could legitimately do that and be that type of running, uh, quarterback 
for sure. Who's the closest to him? Um, Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance is, you know, I just think uh, he's another guy that's a special athlete. I don't think either one of these guys are Lamar Jackson. I think that's one thing that's getting lost in translation. Everybody's just looking at both of them and going, this is Lamar Jackson. And I want to go, no, Lamar Jackson was insane. Go back and watch his highlights again because I think you have forgot what you used to see. Right? Isn't even, isn't even close. I mean, it's every game. He was the best and fastest guy on the field in college football. Every game, period. That's right. So, like, that to where I think people are losing that fact a little bit. But, yeah, Trey Lance's running is still, is still special. Um, and I will make him number two in that department. And at three? <sighs> Man. Longest pause yet. Because this, this is a hard one. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Zach Wilson here at number three. And these other guys are really damn good athletes, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, they really are. But Wilson, I think where I'm going to give him the advantage over Lawrence and Mon, who I think like Lawrence and Mon can beat him in a straightaway race, but I don't think by much. Mm. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, whoa, he smoked him. I mean, anybody you talk to thinks Zach Wilson was going to run like a low 4.6 or a high 4.5. I mean, I've been told he can like legitimately do like big-time dunks, like windmill dunks. Like it's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm a random white guy who can run through the lane when it's wide open and do a yeah. one-handed dunk. That was mine. Like, yeah, that was me too, <laughs> right. He like legitimately can like can explode off the ground and throw it down. Impressive. Right. So, but I think his movement in the pocket is why I'm going to – his quickness, ability to make people miss, extend plays that way, I will make him three, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make Lawrence four, and Mon five only because of his stiffness, and I don't yeah. get to see it enough. Right. You know, I think he's got potential to be maybe in front of both of those guys, but I'm gonna go Wilson three, Lawrence four, Mon five, and then of course Mac Jones is six. Right. You know, which is gonna People are going to go, well, dude, he's a bad athlete. Yeah, I know. When it comes to the totality of athletes, mm-hmm. he is not perfect. Now, we're going to just boil it down again to feet in the pocket. Right. And we just said, that, what's that department? Feet in the pocket. Like I said, he's going to be one. And then it's going to be Zach Wilson, too. So that's part of being the athlete of quarterback. But, yes, you're not going to be running read options or quarterback design runs with Kellen Mond. I mean, uh, Mac Jones. Sorry. And for that reason, I thought you might have Trevor Lawrence ahead of Wilson because, you know, Trevor ran pretty well in I college. Know. I know. That's, I, I, he was, they were really splitting hairs. He yeah. has more ability to run the ball, his less ability to scramble and dance around the pocket. And I think that's – I value that a little bit more, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's where I made it. But, I mean, to your point – yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, yeah. fucking Trevor Lawrence is some athlete. He is. He really yeah. is. I mean, when you're running for 50-yard touchdowns against Ohio State, right. you can fucking run. Right. I don't know what anyone to say. What are you going to do next week when you wake up and you don't have to rank multiple oh. things every day? Seriously. Are you going to be all right? I, 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 yes, I will be all right. I cannot wait. <laughs> My brain is fried. I'm so sick of thinking about players, teams, fits, scenarios, everything like that. Uh, I've had a few moments over the last few weeks where I, I can't spit names out because <laughs> right. I have so many names in my head. Right. And then some of these guys, I still haven't learned the proper way to say their names, and it's just a total disaster. But, yeah, yeah I'll be glad. I will be. Nice job. Fun playing along there. That was the Prospect Rundown presented by Applebee's. Good timing there. They Thank you, Applebee's. Get that up there right away. You ready for a little Ask Me Anything? Oh, baby. There are a lot of questions Let's go. out there. How fucking stupid are you to put Justin Fields at 32? I think Pete filtered those out. Pete, did you include any of those? <laughs> yes. 
Filter. Okay. So quarterbacks. Yeah. This is from CLT. Frankly speaking, frankly is with a PH, not an F. Oh, I by like the way, that. in, in like this it. scenario. That's fat with a I, PH. <laughs> I heard concerns with Zach Wilson's lack of tape dealing with the pass rush, his light frame getting bumped off his point in the pocket, and his low number of games played. Why is he considered, quote, NFL ready? Does he have as high a degree of bust potential as Fields or Lance? I, I don't think so. Not at all. Now, listen, the biggest thing there. Uh, for uh, the CLT, is that what he yes. calls himself? CLT yeah. there is, I would say the main concern that I would have and that anybody else has is really more the size thing. That's the biggest thing overall. There's plenty of tape to see pressure and people mm-hmm. around them and do all that. For all these guys, you know, to get over the narrative of like all that stuff. I hear that for Mac Jones. And, you know, you hear it for... You know, Trey, uh, I mean, uh, Justin Fields and, like, all of that. Like, yeah, they're on good fucking teams. They got a clean pocket a lot of the times. They're still – they didn't drop back the whole year and never throw under pressure. There was plenty, of, uh, plenty to see of Zach Wilson having to move, dance, throw off his back foot, throw with sidearm because somebody's in the way, do all of that stuff. But I do think the size of the human being – Mm-hmm. Is probably my biggest concern about him overall. Six three two ten. You'd like yeah. him to be a little, little right. Bigger. And from what I and I haven't seen him in person, but I mean, it sounds like you know he is a little more narrow in the shoulders and things like that. That you know quarterbacks are usually broad that way, so that's a little different. And I understand that being a concern. Interesting question here. And it's yeah. also on Zach Wilson from MJetty Eight. Are you concerned about Zach's aversion to the middle of the field in a wide zone system that usually hammers the middle of the field? From what I've seen, there are times where he leaves a better play on the field to throw outside rather than down the middle. Yeah, well, you know, it is. They were down down the middle of the field type of passing team. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But, you know, again, it's just like it's like the receiver who doesn't have the vast route tree. Like, again, there's enough out there and enough throws on the sidelines and everything he does there that when that becomes – the read or the staple of the offense, like that's, it's going to be nothing to him. I mean, there, there's nobody that throws the ball better outside the numbers with power and beauty and any sexiness than Zach Wilson. I mean, it's the number one thing you hear from like scouts, you know, whether you read the newspaper or the ones I talk to here and there. Like, man, I mean, when I was there, you know, that's what, man, when I was there that day at practice, whoo. He made some throws. I'm just up Sims. I'm telling you, he made some throws that are like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I, that's been wiped off the scouting board for a long time. Nobody's worried about his ability to make outside the numbers type throws. To the 49ers at Matt Sage, 1985. Hey, Chris, what else does San Francisco need to address in the draft order after they pick at third? Yeah. O-line help for the young quarterback, maybe wide receiver or tight end. Yeah, I could see it could go in any of that way. My, I think my biggest thing for the 49ers, and I think they're pick 43 in the second round, I think would probably be DB. Okay. That, that would be the one area I look at right now. You know, they got you know, uh, Mosley, who's, you know, solid, but – you know, they've, ha- they've taken him in and out of the lineup over the years. You got Jason Verrett, who we know has this big injury history. He's super talented when he can play. You know, I think that's probably the area I look at to think they got to make some improvements there a little bit on their football team. There, you know, I, I do wonder if they'd be in the market for another pass rusher at 43 just because it's so important to their scheme overall. 
You know, and the wide receiver thing is, is interesting. I just don't know if they're going to do that right now. I mean, I think they're good at the wide receiver department with Debo and Ayuk. I, don't, I think they got to uh, address other needs at 43. One more 49ers question. Yeah. Best handle yet at eSparkyAZ. What's up, eSparky? eSparky, don't forget the AZ. When you get a hold of Kyle, can you please tell him not to fuck around this year and just wear the Shanahan hat? He didn't <laughs> last year, and he straight up cursed the whole year. I will. I'll get on him for sure. You know, First off, he wore the Shanahan – I mean, he didn't wear the Shanahan hat. He's right here. But, like, the other thing, too, is, like, how about the – everybody wore the Shanahan hat this year. They, like, basically stole his thing and made it the hat for all teams and players this year. They yeah. did. Yeah. They did. I don't know. You know. I doubt he got a cut of that, that, that piece of the pie there. It's like hat plagiarism. Right. It's it was. Cool. It was total hat plagiarism. Right. But I'm going to get on him. Don't worry. I will. Okay. I, I'll right. stay on his ass for that. Uh, under the title of best GM position in this draft, at Cold Crush Corey. Good alliteration there, Corey. Which GM would you want to be the most in the 21 draft? Oh, I always, like, want to be, I think, the ones with the multiple picks, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, my mind right away went to, like, Miami and the Jets. Okay. Just because and – yeah, and the Jags, too. Jaguars There's have no doubt. four in the top 50. Oof, that is impressive. I know. So, though, those are the type of teams I would want to be a part of. Yeah. You know, it's the most action. You got the most flexibility to play around and make trades and – wait, you know, this guy's high on our board, but wait, we don't need that position. What's the next position we need, and where is that guy match up on our board? Okay, that's the beauty of the draft. And when you have extra picks and things like that, you know, you can play around. So yeah. that, that would be Chris Greer. I think Chris Greer is, would is probably the be the one I'd want to be right now. That would be fun because I, I think he's got two spots, too, at 6 and 18. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there could be some demand and some action there trade, for yeah. players, too. Yeah, yeah. Trent Baalke with, with the Jags, too. I mean, there's just Woo. so much new there, a lot of cushion. So uh, I, I wouldn't mind being him either. No. How about John Snyder in, in Seattle? They have three total picks. Crazy. What yes. do you think? I mean, like, the, we always see the scenes in, in the draft room or the war room, round one, a lot of action and commotion. What are they going to be doing there? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess watching Jamal Adams highlights, right? Isn't that the thing that everybody does with their picks on the board? But, yeah, they, uh, they can just sip pina coladas and, Talk about and enjoy the like. good time. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Why aren't they renting a house like the Rams? You heard about the Rams, right? In Malibu. They're doing a Malibu house yeah. with a big pool and somebody sponsoring it, some company. Rental's not cheap. That you know that far north no. of LA and that little section. No. no, well, I guess they're not paying. And if Stan Kroenke's your owner, you don't even think about money. Yeah, <laughs> should have picked him. Should have been less need. Be nice to be less. Yes, in their house in Malibu. Right. All right. Linebacker draft rankings at James Sophia sixteen. Where would you rank? Is it Zavin or Z- Zavin Collins? Zavin. Yeah, Zavin. Zavin, Zavin Collins. Collins in this class as strictly an edge rusher. Ooh. It's um. I'm not going to – there's some real attributes about it. That's why he's very Dante Hightower-ish to me. I mean, this is – Dante Hightower at Alabama was middle linebacker but played defense end on a lot of third downs. And I'm just trying to think here. I mean, I think realistically, you know, again, he didn't make a living doing that and do it a ton, even though it is impressive to see him when he does do it. He's right on the – edge of this this group of guys that I'm not going to put them in the top three like with with these but you get to 
you got past Rashad Weaver, I think you could start to make a conversation that, hey, he's up there with, like, the Joe Tryons, uh, mm. the Ojolaris of the world, to where you start to talk about, like, the next group of edge rushers, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, Tryon is a really special, explosive, physical specimen. And that's where I think he is for sure is going to go in the top 35 picks just because there's just not, like we talked about earlier, not, not a lot of guys, guys like that yeah. in this draft. want to throw in one more running back question here before we wrap it up uh, for your running back rankings. Jets Way podcast wants to know, is 34 overall to the Jets too early for Travis Etienne? No, I don't think so. I, that, that can make sense right there. I, I mean, Etienne is the, the cream of the crop to me. And... That, again, you want to help your quarterback, help out, you know, Mike LaFleur, the new OC, and all of that type of stuff. I, I, I think that's logical. I, got no, I would have no problem if they went ATN at 34. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Very good. Pete, yeah. Pete uh, one more time. Let's go to points bet. You want to go to points bet? Let's do it. I want to go there. Let's check out points bet. Let's check it out. Pete just rolled it up. Uh, position totals drafted in round one. Quarterbacks at five and a half. Wow. So take, they're thinking. The under. They're thinking I'm definitely I taking mean, the under. They're thinking like a go, Davis Mills or a Kellen Mond or, uh, or maybe would go. But I, I don't think I, that's a real realistic thing. That's pretty good. The highest number there, offensive lineman, six and a half. Yeah. Take the under. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, that'll be close. I, I wonder where that'll go. You know, the offensive line conversation. Yeah, because I had seven. seven. Yeah. You had seven. So I, I could see that. Because you wanted to hit the over. I, I was, I was all I was paying attention to. What's the over under? 1.5 tight ends. That's, I think that's under for right? sure. Definitely. I do. And safety's half. Half a safety is supposed to That's go. That's going to be it. I mean, the only one you see mocked is the kid from TCU, Trevor Morrig. Yeah. Trayvon Merrig. Sorry, Trayvon. I don't mean to do that. Um, yes, he's the only one. I don't love him. I don't. So I, I had no safety going in my mock. The cornerbacks at four and a half. That's another interesting one. You know, I, 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 I want to err on hmm. – I would probably err on the under. That one's a tough one, though. I would say don't bet on that one. That's what I would tell most people. How about running backs, 1.5? Oh, I would definitely say negative, under. Go under there all the way. I, I, I really look at quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends as definite under picks. 
receivers, four and a half. That's 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 a dicey one there. I mean, you have three automatics. Three you have automatics. Chase, Waddle, Smith, right? Then what? You had four. I had Kadarius. Okay, you had Kadarius. So Aaron you get says, that's Thank where you, you get Kadarius. You get into Terrace Marshall. Yeah. Deami Brown. Rashad, Rashad Bateman. Bateman. People put there. You know. So there's I think Elijah the under's Moore. Pretty good there too. You think what, Deami? I think the, un- the, under the under is pretty good I think there so, too. too. I think you're probably right. Yes. As many I, – I, you know, I just think you, you're going to see a run on these old linemen because, of course, there's only so many elite tackles out there that you think can just play for you right away and do that type of stuff. You're going to see these – the guys we have, you know, there's only a few elite defensive guys in the draft. Right. So I don't think people are going to pass up and when I say elite guys, I mean, really, you're getting into Jalen Phillips, Caleb Farley, um, uh, Away, Quiddy Pay, you know, Sertain. I'm going to throw J.C. Horn, even though I know he's not one for me. I just mm-hmm. I know he is for a lot of other people. And then, you know, I think you get into just as far as elite guys – I think that's when maybe you get into the two defensive tackles. So we're talking about eight guys really there. And then the other ones like are projections a little bit. That's where I get into like Joe Tryon. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to say he's elite. He's got some elite traits to maybe mm-hmm. become an elite player, but he's not like that right now. So he's going to get overdrafted, I think. But I think that's kind of you know, going to be one of the interesting things too. Zayvon Collins, I'm going to put him in that conversation too. So where I think, like, yeah, people, if they have real defensive needs, I don't think they're going to be looking to trade down because they're going to go, fuck, there's only so many really good ones that can help our team out in this draft. Right. Let me take, let me take one of them. Uh, so that'll be something to watch for. Michael Parsons, I don't know if I said him either. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think you did in that yeah. initial list. Enjoy the draft. Thanks, man. Have a great time. I can't wait, man. Home. You said home. Home. Going to send out, like, a tweet with each pick. Yeah. Just saying, you know, what I like about it, how it fits, all that type of stuff. And, yeah, I'll just be sitting there watching the draft. Can't yeah. wait, man. I'm, I'm excited for I it. I hope your wife makes a nice meal for you. She would definitely will. Appetizers. She better. And she's dessert. fired. It's a long night. It's a or long she's night. she's fired. She's fired, yes. <laughs> I will fire her ass, all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, honey. Uh, she doesn't... She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I, don't, I can say whatever I want. You will fire her. You'll be all sad during the next podcast, and you'll go crawling back. Oh, no doubt. Right? I, always, I always crawl back. Yeah. I always. Yep. That's but that's it, it. Enjoy the draft. It's finally here. Let's see what happens at pick number three and with the rest yeah. of these picks. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting drafts we've seen in a while. Paulie, you the good man. To see you. Great combos today. Everybody be good. Be safe. Hit me up on Twitter or whatever. You know it. And we're going to, next Monday, I will break down the draft. I'll tell you the teams I think that won, lost, picks I liked, all those type of things. Everybody be good. Enjoy. Peace. See ya. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. It's draft time. It's Trey Lance time. It's Old Spice time. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because Trey Lance is doing an awesome thing with Old Spice. But, But, man, Trey, thanks for joining me. I'm really excited. I mean, how are you feeling right now at this moment? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited. As you can imagine, we're, we're finally getting there. Uh, just touched down in Cleveland, so just looking forward to tomorrow night. I mean, like, are you like – you've been the center of the sports world for, like, the last month. I mean, is that crazy? Just like, like, literally, you can't turn on a sports channel without 
Trey Lance talk. Uh, is that that's got to be shocking to you to a degree? Yeah, it's different for sure. I mean, getting used to it, to really other people, you know, whether it's pictures, text messages, whatever it is, uh, saying that they saw me on TV. Um, it's a different world for sure, but I mean, it's been really cool at the same time. Yeah, I'm sure it has. All right, I want to like a few like stupid things right off the bat. Why five? Where did number five come from? So originally, I actually wanted to wear nine. Uh, that's the number I wore in high school and my dad's number. Um, my dad wore five in high school. So um, that five was my kind of plan B number uh, and got that at North Dakota State because they wouldn't give me nine. Okay. All right. So it's plan B five. And now it's about you're going to you're going to keep it in the NFL. If you can get it, you're going to go five or you're going to try to go back to nine. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. I like that. I mean, nine would be available about everywhere except for New Orleans. So I think you got a good chance to get it for the most part. Yeah, you got, part. A, shot. <laughs> yeah, got, you got a, shot. a shot. All right. What kind of music does Trey Lance listen to? A little bit of everything. You know, I'm from the country, so like I, I'm not a hater on anything. Uh, I'm pretty diverse with, with all my music selections. All right. All right. That's a very good answer. I am, too. So I hear you that. All right. Now, here's like the, the big thing, like just for people who watch my podcast, the show. How the hell does someone as freaky as you end up at North Dakota State? How does that happen? I fell in love with it. Um, and other schools obviously wanted me to, to play different positions. Um, but for me, North Dakota State, I mean, was the best option. If, you know, if I wasn't being recruited by, you know, one of the top schools or top, you know, quarterback schools, for me, North Dakota State was kind of a no-brainer. You know, go there, right. uh, win games, play quarterback, uh, you know, play in offense at a really high level uh, and expect to win national championships. Uh, what what positions did you play in high school that other colleges, you know, wanted you to, to play? Uh, I played quarterback and safety, you know, when I really played, you know, was a true quarterback. Uh, before that, you know, I, I played almost every special team, you know, even when my junior and senior year of high school, excuse me. Uh, you know, I did all special teams, kick return, punt return, things like that. Right. You got You got a hoop game to go along with it? Of course I got a hoop game. You can check out the huddle, whatever you need to do. It, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. I'm, I'm going to check it out. You got like, I know you can drive and jump for sure. You got a little jump shot to go along with it. Yeah. 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 I got a torch. Okay. Okay. I, you better. I mean, you're a damn quarterback. You better be a bullseye three point shooter. I you know, know that. <laughs> all right. Good. <laughs> I like it. I like where you're at, man. All right. So, all right. I just want to talk about like your throwing like base level. Who taught you how to throw a football when, when you were a young kid? Uh, shoot, probably my dad, uh, who played corner and punt return. So that that says a lot. But uh, no, really, it was just us two. Um, I never really had a, a quarterback coach or a trainer or anything like that. So it was us two, you know, going out to the field in the backyard, whatever it was, finding drills in, in magazines and Google and YouTube or, or whatever it was, whatever I could find. Yeah, I mean, listen, throwing in the backyard with dad's always the way to start it. I'm with you there all the way. But like, all right, so give me a little, you went into it a little there, like the evolution of your throwing, the mechanics, you know, everything you did or maybe how you threw going up to college and maybe how you changed now. I'd love for you to kind of talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah, so I was uh, a lot smaller in high school, my, especially, my, you know, early in high school, my first few years. Um, so kind of learn how to throw. But obviously, as your body grows and develops, you know, things change and things get easier. Uh, so for me, I, I, you know, never, like I said, had someone that was really coaching mechanics. It was always, you know, three-step drop or five-step drop and figure it out or play action and figure it out. Right. You know? So whatever was comfortable is what I did. Um, getting into college, obviously, much more strict, whether it was play action or just throwing motion or whatever, um, but learned a ton and was super thankful for it. And then 
fast forwarding, I guess, you know, to the last six, seven months, having, you know, being able to work with, with multiple quarterback coaches um, and just learn as much as I possibly can and, and about the position and about the mechanics of the position. Our quarterback coach at North Dakota State was, was awesome. And obviously, you know, it's seeing what he does with quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, it's different in, in college. You know, you're not getting every single rep recorded, every single throw recorded, things like that. And, and they can't, you know, spend as much time with you as, you know, I've been right. able to spend with quarterback coaches in the last six, seven months. So it's been huge uh, mechanically these last six, seven months for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, listen, mechanics are always going to be a thing of your, your craft. I mean, Brady, Rodgers, they're always tweaking with, with their mechanics. So that's part of the game. Like, like right now, sitting here, you know, a few days out from the draft, like what's kind of been your focus when you do have a throwing session and everything that, you, that you're thinking of to kind of stay on top or get better at? In the last couple of months for me has been, you know, majority, a little bit wider base, more weight shift, really just using my lower body more. Uh, I've been able to, you know, make all the throws with my upper body, but it's just about, you know, making everything smoother, taking a little bit off my upper body and, and using my lower body even when I don't feel like I need to. Yeah, that, well, that's those are good staples for sure. And you could see that even in your game on film, man. I mean, your arm is unbelievably powerful. All right, here's another one. Like, big. I asked this Big Ben once, right? I was like, tell me about how you grip the football. And he's like, I don't know. How do I grip the football? And I was like, well, I guess I'll show you how you grip it. Do, do, you, do you pay attention to that? Do you know how you grip the football? No, I, I really don't. And I, You just I, grab I, it. Yeah, you just, just, just grip it and rip it. Yeah, I mean, uh, from everything I see, you're a two and five guy. Like your ring fingers on two, your pinkies on five, which is just yeah. like me. But you, you're you're like that. I mean, you ever envision tinkering with that or like taking? You know how some quarterbacks don't have their pinky finger on the laces and under it, or do you think you'll always be kind of a two finger lace guy? I think if I if I found out that it was you know consistently like it was proven to that that would help me out I think I might switch but right now I think you know obviously I'm so comfortable with with how I throw the football that it might be a a tough thing to switch oh yeah all right so now you got it though you're two and five all right Chris Sims told you 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 grip it because no one's going to ask you that question uh, (laughs) again today that's for sure all right I'm a dork like that anybody I talk to I mean after they talk about your talent is always about how cerebral you are, how smart you are. I mean, I can tell here in just four or five minutes how smart you are. I already know that. But like, I've read some stories and heard some things about your parents and like maybe them and how they shaped your mind. Like, can you kind of tell us about that aspect of your upbringing? Yeah, my parents were, were really strict. Um, and it's a good thing now because that's kind of how I'm wired now. But I'm like, I'm, I remember like my freshman year of high school, my dad ripped up like a whole paper that I had written and like, it wasn't typed, like it was handwritten because my handwriting wasn't good enough. And I'm telling you like one of the, like, <laughs> that's just like one story of many, but I mean, my parents were, were super strict and I'm um, like I said, thankful for it now, but I mean, everything from, from spreadsheets, like anytime we were making a decision, I was making a decision. My parents would put together like six Excel spreadsheets for me to look at. I, I saw that. Yeah. It's, it's, they, they, they might have an issue. Um, but, but I'm thankful for it. <laughs> so like just spreadsheets with all the information laid out there so you could see it and then try to diagnose and make the right decision. Yeah, exactly. Like my, my spreadsheet for, uh, for my recruiting process, uh, was insane. It was absolutely ridiculous. Like if someone saw it, they would think that there's, there's something going on that's it's not good. 
but you know, I'm super thankful for it. Like I said, learned a lot, and I think that's kind of how my mind works now. Yeah, I mean that is that's super useful, and and you know, as I, as I know too, your dad. It came about your dad trying to be more cerebral, right, because of a a position change when he was with the 49ers and he didn't like how things translated from the 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 meeting room to the practice field is pretty much how that kind of came about yeah for sure and, and his biggest thing was you know my dad was an undrafted free agent in camp with the 49ers uh so obviously it's a little bit different you know you get coached a little bit differently if you're an undrafted free agent versus if you're you know a first or second round pick or drafted in general uh, so I, he's told a few stories just about you know how he didn't know well enough and, and that was the one thing stopping him from competing um, so that's one thing that I've definitely taken with me. And, you know, if you learn it, you'll have the ability to compete and you'll be able to, you got a shot, you know, if you know what you're doing. Yeah, no doubt. You got a shot. All right. Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, All right. Like that, take a bow. That, was like, yeah. That's your that's jam it. right there? That's that okay. my, my jam. Keep that okay. between us. Uh, nope. Too bad. It's going to be out everywhere tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> this coming to a theater near you. Michael LeBron. See, yeah, uh, Michael. All right, all right, good. You're one of the few young guys that said Michael. That is the correct answer, just so you know. And I love LeBron, it's all good. Too. I do too. All right, good, good. All right, tell us what you're doing with Old Spice. Yeah, so I'm super excited to be partnered with Old Spice and, and really just proud. Um, you know, they, they're committed to, to helping guys build confidence, the younger generation build confidence through mentorship. Um, and they actually partnered with Big Brothers, Big Sisters uh, to put the spotlight on mentorship. Uh, so for the last year or so, um, them emphasizing mentorship. And for me, you know, I'm so proud of it just because I understand that I wouldn't be where I am today without the mentors that I've had in my life. You know, whether it's parents, older teammates, coaches, uh, whoever it is. So I've been super blessed with it. So to be partnered with an organization that, that values it as much as I do is huge. Uh, you can learn more about it, about it Excuse me, at BigDraft21.com also. Man, that's an awesome thing to be a part of. I'm a big fan of Old Spice. And just so you know, rookies got to send vet players like me like a free gift bag, all right? So you better do that, too. I'm going to yeah. hold it against you. All I right? You. Um, like, two or three more questions, because I know you got to go, and I, I hope that's okay. But, like, all right, I don't think COVID screwed any player more in the draft than you. Like, seriously. All the questions about you are, like, hasn't played a lot of games, hasn't thrown a ton of footballs, you know, all that type of stuff. Like, how do you answer that? What do you say to teams when you hear that kind of crap? I mean, my biggest thing is just controlling what I can control. Uh, and, you know, the number of balls I threw in, in games in, in 2019, 2018 is something that's out of my control now, uh, as well as games played. Uh, so I really can't worry about it. I don't think about it really at all because uh, it's, it's completely out of my control. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a great answer. That's why you're, you know, could be a top five pick right there. That's the <laughs> right thing to say. No doubt about it. All right, here's another thing I'm just intrigued by, because this didn't go on as much in my era when I was coming out in the draft 20 years ago. Like, what you work, John Beck, you work with him. He's also got Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Like, how many times were all three of you together working together and like, is it weird to be working with people that you're kind of competing against too? Yeah, so I actually never threw with them out there in California. That I got out there right when they actually were having their pro days. Would have loved to for sure, just because I've gotten to know 
those two really, really well uh, through this process and through the last, you know, six, seven months. Um, but yeah, working with John was awesome. As you said, he, he knows a ton of the game and obviously he, he's played the position at, you know, the highest level. Um, so it was awesome for me to get out there and learn as much as I could. And, and obviously, yeah, I think working, you know, I've done with Justin before and, and being able to, to work with those guys is awesome. You know, we're, yes, we're competing against each other. The media tries to, you know, put us all against each other, but in reality, we're all great friends and, you know, Obviously, I wish the best for, for everyone in this draft class, quarterbacks, and, and obviously every position, because I think, especially at quarterback, uh, this draft class is going to be really, really special. And you've been picked apart more than anybody in this draft. I, I, what I'm amazed by you, you know, and even me, I've said some things that I question about you. You just seem to let it roll off your shoulders. Like, where does that, like, zen-like attitude you have? Like, you don't seem like a guy that's writing a name on – a list of like, oh, this guy said something bad. I'm going to prove him wrong one day. So where did you develop this cool way about yourself? Uh, I think it's just been happening. People talking about me, you know, negatively or critiquing me for so long that I got just kind of used to it. Uh, I mean, I know God's got a plan for my life, so I'm right where I'm supposed to be at the end of the day. And like I mentioned earlier, just control what I can control. Uh, my attitude and effort every single day when I wake up is, is the two biggest things that, you know, my dad always used to say to me, is just the things that I can control. Um, so really that's all I can worry about, just waking up every day and, and choosing not to have a bad day. All right. That, that's good. I hope that's my dog barking in the background. I don't know if you can hear him <laughs> or not. That's Bentley. All right. Quarterback, you grew, you grew up like idolizing and the quarterback you look forward to seeing on the field right now. Um, Tim Tebow was like my guy growing up. Florida okay. Tebow, uh, right. and right now, uh, most excited to play against, shoot, like Carson and Easton, uh, probably the number one guys that I'm excited to compete with. Yeah, some North Dakota State guys. Okay, I like that. What? All right, and this is it, because I know you've got to go. You got any feel right now? Here we are, a little more, like, do you think you got any clue? I don't, you don't want you to tell me specifically about where you get drafted, who, or are you still, like, in the dark like the rest of us as we sit here? I'm still in the dark, unfortunately. I wish I could tell you, like, I know something, but I can't tell you, but uh, I, I really I really don't yet. So hopefully, you know, obviously the next 24 hours will be super exciting. Hey, I'm super excited to watch you play. Uh, you're an awesome person. You got some big time talent and you're doing an awesome thing with Old Spice, dude. So good luck with everything, man. Thank you so much. All right, dude, be good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.